following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Well, at least this week is going to be a little bit better than last week as far as stuff to talk about because last week it was a barren wasteland. So we, we, did we we skipped last yeah, week? Yeah, that's why we just decided say, like, not to do it. This is where we are now. Like I can't even it's, remember. Like, and I'm like, there's certain things that we're doing at the radio station to try and fill for sports content, and it's like, well, hopefully we can take those up until the end of July because after that we'll have stuff to talk about. Yeah. We won't need this other stuff, but I don't know at this point. I mean, Arizona is now shutting everything down for 30 days. For So it's like, I don't, it, and that's what I'm trying to tell people. Like, even though they are planning, like we're talking about high school sports, there's a plan for return to school that's, you know, linked with that kind of thing. College football, I don't know. Baseball, They've got the regional thing. The NBA's got the bubble. The NFL, again, is full steam ahead with what they're doing. But honestly, I don't know if anything's going to happen. It's great right now that the plans are in place, but I don't know. I hope. Yeah. I need sports. I mean, I don't think anybody can be surprised at the uptick in no. uh, positive corona people or tests or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're You know, whatever it is. Um with all the people that have been in the streets for the last month, month plus, and yep. uh, you know, and not only that, but as we start to open stuff back up, mm-hmm. and you're bringing more people together, you're going to get gonna some infections, and you're it's going to have, happen. you know, and with the more testing, we are seeing more positive cases. So, well, and it's it's also really interesting to me about the PGA Tour. They have a very, a very, I would say, adequate setup for distancing and testing and, you know, separation of, of people on the tour and whatever, and it's still starting. To, I mean, you get one or two here, and you now you get one or two more, and it's like, you know, sooner or later you got five, seven guys that got to drop out of a tournament. Mm-hmm. Now what? Right. And now you're going to have fans at the Memorial in, in Ohio in a couple weeks. Well, did you see what happened with Djokovic? Yes. He says uh, he basically poo-poos the whole coronavirus thing. He's an anti-vaxxer, I believe. And then he holds a tournament without any protocols, <laughs> and what happens? And he's on stage dancing without his shirt on, and then it comes out the next day, he's got coronavirus. It's like, oh, great. How and many people did you give that to? You've got the biggest baby doofus in the tournament, Nick Kyrgios from Australia, the guy who constantly gets in trouble, name-calling Djokovic. Yeah. I thought that was pretty ironic. Yeah. Anyway. Pretty funny. Welcome to the Intentional Foul, everybody. We appreciate you listening, downloading, and subscribing if you do that. And as always, please tell your friends. I'm Josh. He's Dan. We have some stuff to talk about uh, this week. Baseball returning. The NBA, the Bucks schedule came out on Friday uh, last week. Uh, Some little bit of NFL news and a little bit of college football news as well. So we will do our best to wade through it all and... See if we have enough left over to do another podcast next week. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about it the other day. I, I think if, you know, until this stuff gets started, we're kind of at the phase now where it's like, okay, everything is set to go. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to keep talking about what if this and what if that after tonight. Like, 
Okay. Let's just get ready to watch this stuff. Yes. And if that means that we may only have one every other week for the next two, I mean, we're only talking about two weeks yeah, anyway. Right. Um, so be it. But fine with we'll, that. we'll see what happens. Okay. If, if there's stuff to talk about, we'll be here. But mm-hmm. last week, ugh. I, I had nothing. I was just so depressed. So was I. <laughs> I was just like, I don't Reading even, the baseball I don't even stuff? want to do this. No. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I hate you it all. Sucks. I hate you all. Yeah. You're an idiot. I don't even, I don't want to look. I'm not going on Twitter. It's a fucking cesspool of, of shit and garbage and horrible takes and opinions on a random variety yes. of things. Yep. That's, that's all it is. You told me to stay off for a couple days. Get better. Jesus. That's, that's what it's, that's what it was. Last week was awful. You're absolutely right. And then, lo and behold, how quick did the 60-game thing get together? It came together pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had a couple of disagreements down the the end there. I think they were – I think the players wanted 70 games and Mm -hmm. the owners wouldn't budge and, you know – what does this? What does this do for the CBA next time? Or well, I mean, if you can't get this together, yeah, I think baseball. I think the twenty twenty one season is in serious trouble. I don't think it will start on time. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we won't have the whole season, but I don't think it'll start on on time. Um, I, I just think that there's so much bad blood and contention between these two sides that it. it I mean, it really mirrors. What's going on in politics? That's true. With you know, one side versus the other, there's really no middle ground nope. anymore, and nobody's willing to negotiate nope. because they fear it's going to be looked at as some form of weakness. And which is just the it, stupidest. Yeah, way it's to go it's about a terrible it. way to to go about this. But um, I'm 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 not thrilled about a sixty game season. I mean. You know, at this point, I'm kind of in the. I'll take what I can get. I'm still going to watch and root for the Brewers. Um, you know, if they win a World Series, is it the same? No, it's not. There's another hot I'm not going to tell you that it's an asterisk, but is it the same? No, it's not. Mm-mm. It's just not. And same thing with the Bucks. unfortunately. I mean, they, they had an opportunity to have a truly special season that we probably would never see again. Maybe win it on you their know? home court. Yeah. How awesome would it have been for Wisconsin and, and, that's, that's, and Milwaukee? And now that's you, such a downer that they don't get that opportunity. If you're going to win, it's going to be in a neutral place yeah. way far away. Yep. And, and you know, I hope that at that time, if it comes, that at least people in Milwaukee and around the state are able to gather somewhere to celebrate if that were to happen. They're but already doing it right now. We'll so see. Probably. <laughs> so as far as baseball is concerned, we've got uh, a couple of days until spring training starts. Players are already descending on Milwaukee. You're seeing a lot of tweets from athletes. Um, I saw, uh, I think Jed Jerko took a picture of Miller Park as he was rounding on like Miller Park Way and, you know, to, to get into the stadium. So, um, I mean, that's that's happening. Players are going, and then the tentative opening day is three and a half weeks away, July 23rd and 24th. Um, the Brewers' schedule hasn't come out yet. That's supp- supposedly going to happen by the 9th, according to our according to our guy Joe. Um, let's see if I can get an advance copy, but we'll see about that. Um, but And this is a conversation that you and I were just talking about before we started taping when we're looking at all these teams that are now going to be playing on top of each other and some radio stations like ours that, that carry all these. we got to make decisions on who to broadcast. I did point out in a meeting that we had today with the, with the higher-ups, each baseball game now means that much more. Yeah. Because you don't have room 
to make up any ground. You can't afford to have a seven-game losing streak or an eight-game losing streak because there's so many fewer games. So each game has that much more weight attached to it. And I think that's something that really is going to have to be looked at pretty hard when people go to examine who they're going to play and where they're going to play. Well, and I think you're going to see the, the way that the Brewers – Operated pitching wise in 2018 bullpen games with with those two three inning starts from guys. I think that's what you're going to see from a lot of teams. I definitely know you're going to see it from the Brewers. I mean, if you're ever looking for Woodruff to throw seven or eight innings, it ain't going to happen. I mean, I'm thinking most of these guys, especially the first 40 games, I'm thinking they're topping out at five innings, maybe 80, 90 pitches at the most because. They're going to be overly cautious with these guys, and they probably should be. I mean, you know, I don't think there's any reason why any of these guys are going to be coming in not ready to go. Um, everybody's had some access to some some form of training, hitting, throwing, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So there shouldn't be that excuse. But I do think teams do need to be cautious, especially with their pitching staffs. Um, that's why Major League Baseball is going to allow the bigger roster um, yeah, they got 60 mans. You got 30 on the active squad. You can have as many pitchers as you want as well. I saw the Brewers released a four, their 45 man, and it had 23 pitchers on it. So there's no limit on the 30 man as to how many pitchers you can carry. I would be very surprised if the Brewers don't have at least 17 pitchers. Um, but you know, as I was looking through the roster, I did take a few positives out of it. It's like, well. Urias now has had plenty of time to heal from his wrist injury. Corey Knable has had another, what, four months Mm -hmm. to rehab his his arm. Um, So hopefully these guys are going to be ready to go day one, barring anything happening here in this, you know, this kind of modified spring training that they're going to have the next three weeks. But um, I think the Brewers are in pretty good position to to make a run at it. I think they were... uh, I think the over under on them was thirty and a half. Yes. I think the Cardinals and the Cubs Cardinals were maybe thirty one. Okay, yep. thirty one and a half. So the Brewers are right there. I don't really understand the Cubs being thirty one and a half, other than they're the Cubs. I was surprised that the Twins are projected to win the third most behind the Yankees and the Dodgers. Yeah, I, yeah. that shocked me. I mean, they're good. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, that's... they hit the most home runs in baseball. But when it came to the playoffs, that didn't really seem to matter. Um, what the DH? That's a help. For the Brewers, considering all the players that they had. I mean, I read an article today in the State Journal from uh, Andrew Wagner. I mean, and and we talked about it before. The log jam in the outfield has necessitated a move for Braun to Mm -hmm. first base. Mm -hmm. But you've still got time that he's probably going to split there with Smoke. You've got Kane, Garcia, uh, Yelich in the outfield as well. And, you know, some other guys that are going to push for playing time. So that DH, I think, is going to come in helpful when you need to rest some guy, rest their legs playing the outfield. Yeah, for sure. And it's going to give them a lot more flexibility with their lineup as well. I mean, and I I believe that if this season had gone off as normal, uh, that this would have been bronze last year. I think now. You said that before. Yeah, I think now with the DH, I think barring him being awful, which I don't know why he would be, or him just being hurt again, I don't know any reason why he wouldn't be a Brewer next year mm-hmm. and and be their DH. Right. You know, he, and he wouldn't even have to play every day. This I is mean, a two year thing, right? 
Yeah, DH. This yeah, year, I believe so. This yes, year next. Yeah, yeah. So, and especially next year, if the season doesn't start right away, and you're talking about maybe only a hundred game season, you know, I think that could be a big benefit. But yeah, it certainly clears up the the log jam at both first and in the outfield. Now it maybe gives an opportunity for a for a Healy or or a Jerko or one of these more utility infielders to split some time over there with Smoke. You could DH Smoke. If Braun wanted to put you want to put Braun in left, you wanted to sit Garcia for there's tons of different things they can do with that roster. Um, It does eliminate the the, the stupidest thing in the history of baseball. We'll never see any pitcher bat eighth ever again. Is that a Larusa thing? No, I, I, is that a Madden I, thing? I think I think I it was Larusa. Was it a Tory? And then I, can't I think who did I think it. was it Renicky? I think that used to try to do that. All one of the Brewers managers tried to do that a lot too. I don't remember Your which boy, one. Ken but Maka. No, I don't think it was Maka. <laughs> Maka just wanted to hit home runs and didn't care about anything else. So, um, but no, it's it's uh, I'm I'm getting a little bit more excited every day as we get closer. And uh, you know, seeing some videos of Yelich and Braun in the cage hitting is has kind of uh, got my appetite going for for baseball. To start. What about the ten teams in the playoffs? I mean, you you're you're you've always been a you know playoffs mean more when you limit it to a certain number of teams, and we keep going towards this expansion. Let more teams in, let extra games, second wild you know the wild card play in, and and all that. I mean. So now we got this for a couple of years. Well, I hate that. There's no question. I hate I hate I hate any kind of expansion of yeah. anything in any league. I just anything that dilutes from the champion, I just don't like it because the whole point and reason why these leagues exist in these teams play is to be yes. in the greatest league on the planet. You're the elite and to be the champion of that league. Yes. It shouldn't be about how many teams in baseball can sell a wild card hat the following year on opening day and try to have a cash grab off of it. Get to hang our wild card pennant. I believe from what I've read, the 10 teams means five in each league Mm -hmm. as we currently have now. I do think that the players have been pushing for more teams in the playoffs. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if this changed. Maybe they added a team or two. Um, If it was only for this year, okay. Uh, but I, I think we're at the point now. I, even the second wild card, when when you went to the fifth team, I thought I thought four teams was fine. You got the three division winners, and then you got one really good team who might have been a you know if your division winners the Yankees and they win 105 right. games and you oh. win 102, That's you old. should probably still be in the playoffs. Right. So I like that. But the second one, the second wild card, even though the Brewers made it last year with that, eh, not for me. How about the divisions now that they are keeping everybody geographically? to one part of the country, and now you get to play, if you're the Brewers, the AL Central. Because mm-hmm. you, you play each of your normal division opponents ten games, and then everybody else five. I think I, that's I right. I think that's yeah. right. Yeah. So you've got the Twins, the Royals, the White Sox, the Indians, and who am I? And the Tigers? Twins? Yeah, the Tigers, yeah. So what do you think of that? I mean, it's basically an expansion of interleague yeah. to, a, to a degree, only you're not stuck with your rotating division that you – normally play I mean it makes sense um you know for the safety aspect and the travel and all that stuff um you know it's gonna there was some complaining about how it's not fair it's not like balanced. like the NL yeah. East has to play the AL East and you got to play the Yankees and the Red Sox mm-hmm. and the in Tampa and it's like yeah but like 
if you're just in a really good division, sometimes it's not necessarily fair. You could be like the third right. best team, but third in your division. Right. So shit happens. Yep. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm fine with it. I mean, I think it's a, cool. as a Brewer fan, it's great because those are all teams we grew up being yes. rivals with anyway. Completely. So I kind of like being able to play the Tigers and the Indians and the Royals and, and the White the, Sox. You know, the are White supposed Sox. to be better this year too. We, we always play the Twins. Yep. But it's nice to be able to play those old Brewer White Sox. Man, there used to be some knockdown drag out brawls. <laughs> those were fun. Those were fun. All right. Um. Let's see. I haven't even. You said you saw the roster. I don't even know who's on the team anymore because I. Well, I've been, thank God that the roster came out because I had I texted our buddy Joe and I said the same thing. I'm like, I got to refamiliarize myself mm-hmm. with all these guys because I'm looking down the list and I'm like, um, okay, Brett Anderson. I'm like, Brett Anderson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They signed him. I think he was on the A's last year. I've seen him tweet. Oh yeah, yeah. They got. Uh, uh, Lauer, he came over yeah, in the trade for right. uh, the Grisham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. So, like, I had to go through and do that with like five or six guys today. And I pride myself on being You're, pretty up to snuff are. on this yes, stuff. But like, I hadn't even thought of the Brewer roster mm-hmm. in three months. Didn't that's, think about it at all. That's that's not surprising because that's. I mean, you. Everybody I thought I think spent the first month missing it, and then the second month was like, yeah, I can live without it. And then as the as the return to play stuff started getting, it's like, you know what? I don't even fucking want it anymore. Yeah. You guys are all idiots. Yeah. And and now that it's actually happening, you're starting to get the the whole like, okay, maybe I should probably get up to speed on things. I'm, you know, that, I I missed it in April a lot. Yeah. For sure. I missed it in April a lot. I didn't miss it at all in May because usually in May I'm just watching playoff basketball. I, I don't really pay much attention to the Brewers in May. Um, and then this month I just was pissed. You know, like you said, it was just like, fuck this. I don't even care. Come back. Don't come back. Fold the league. Right. Go to hell. I don't care. Just, I just want to watch the Bucks. That's all I'm right. thinking. At least I, they're trying. I understand. These other assholes are over here fighting. I don't care. Just either play, don't play. Just tell it. me. Okay, so you put in the notes, quote, I really don't want to hear any yeah. excuses or whining about this, end quote. No, I don't. I don't. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to be clunky. They do. They might do some weird shit with, like, having a guy start on second base in the 10th inning so they don't have ties. I, it's it's going to be it's going to be some stuff that you're going to hate. What if they call the game at a tie after 12 innings? What if they do? I don't know. I, You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, if it's the Royals and the Twins, I don't care. Uh-huh. If it's a Brewer game... Depends on the game, I guess. Like, were they down eight to one and they came back? Right. Were they up eight to one and they blew it? And they had, uh, they had I don't all know. The momentum going. Yeah. Like, what do you mean we're ending? So, like, it's gonna piss you off. It's gonna be weird. Um, but man, just enjoy watching the games because See, it's been too damn long, and, and we've all been kind of jonesing for something, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's where we are right now, anyway, about showing flexibility and understanding about, like, okay. We understand that you might not like some things, but you've been been inkling to get back out and do shit. It comes with special circumstances. If you like it, you'll accept it because then you get to do it. Mm-hmm. And this is no different. Well, you're not going to have fans in the stands. You're going to have billboards at the front six rows of, of Lambeau Field and all these NFL stadiums selling ads. You can't Lambeau Leap. Do you want sports or not? Yeah, exactly. That's then what, deal with that's it. That's what pissed me off so bad last week and the week before about the NBA and all the roadblocks that the players seem to be throwing up about it. And it's like, listen, everybody's throwing around the word privilege these days. You guys, NBA players, are probably the most privileged athletes in this country. 
You're the guys that make the most money. You're the guys flying around on the private jets and shit. So you got to go stay at Disney World for a month? It's tough. Sorry. While you get catered meals and I mean, massages some and of this stuff, hot and cold yeah. tubs and all. The, they're they're like going to have, I heard they were going to have possibly like small concerts down there. Oh, they were really? going to do all kind have like movie theaters. You can do all kinds of stuff down there. It's like a small city. It is. Yes, it is. And yeah, it's going to suck. You're going to be without your, your, your family for three or four weeks. Guess what? Talk to somebody in the military. It's true. That'll shut you up real quick. These people go away for years. Mm-hmm. Without seeing their family, you're talking about a couple of weeks. Come on, man. Well, speak to the uh, the NBA. The restart in Orlando um, begins on June. That's tomorrow, J- July thirtieth. Yeah, July thirtieth. July thirtieth. The first game, the Bucks game, got announced. Um, they're starting with the Celtics. They got eight games. Um, we'll run down the schedule uh, in a bit. <laughs> the seating though is still up in the air because they've included an odd number of. Eastern and Western Conference teams because by the end they're going to kick out everybody else after the first what two weeks mm-hmm. basically pretty much and yeah. then and then then the outliers are going to go home which I mean that would suck if you just do all this stuff and prepare for all this stuff and you get quarantined for this and then go down there and like they send you home in about two weeks but. yeah I I think the one mistake the NBA has made is they've they've and I guess you can't necessarily fault them for it. I think they've worried a little too much about what's quote-unquote fair to every team as opposed to the most practical way of doing this because, like, the Washington Wizards are ninth in the East right now. They're five and a half games behind Orlando for the eighth spot. They're 24-40. and 40. Like, Why do we need to win? Do we them? really need them in the playoffs, right. honestly? Like, the Phoenix Suns on the other side in the West – they're twenty six and thirty nine. They're in thirteenth place in the West. They're six games back with eight games. Like, do we really need them to be there? You could cut out like sixty people by doing this. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure the Suns owner and I'm sure the Wizards owner wanted to go because they're still technically alive in the in the standings. But like, you cut that out, it makes things a lot easier. But now they're going to have this little possible play-in tournament to see who gets the eighth seed. Um, I don't think it's probably going to happen on either side, frankly. Mm-hmm. It might happen in the West. We might see a John Morant, uh, Zion, or, or Zion versus Damian Lillard one game to get into the tournament or what, however they do it. But I don't really give a shit. Like, whatever. None of those teams <laughs> matter anyway. Uh-huh. Like, you know, you can put lipstick on a pig. I mean, if you like basketball, you'll watch it. I'll watch some of it. I don't care who wins because one's going to get crushed by the Lakers and the other one's just going to get crushed by the Bucs. Um, but the seeding is still up in the air for the teams that do matter. And the team that I care about is the Bucs. Obviously. And the Bucs are six and a half games up on Toronto right now for the top seed in the East. So basically they have a magic number of two. Any two wins or two losses from Toronto – Bucks get the number one seed. What I think we're probably going to see in this eight-game stretch is once they clinch the number one seed, you're going to see very little Giannis, very little of Middleton, very little of Lopez, um, very little of Matthews. Load management. Yes. In other words. Yes. And I think I am, and I hate load management, but in this instance, I'm perfectly fine with it because there's going to be no paying fans in the stands. You're not screwing any little kid who came there to right. watch Giannis play. I don't have a problem with it, but 
they're going to do a they're going to be similar to like what I was talking about with the pitching with the Brewers. They're going to be very very careful with these guys. I mean, you got to remember the Bucks had the oldest team in the league. Right. So, you know, before this shutdown happened, Giannis hurt his knee. Corver had been having big time back issues. Lopez had been banged up. The uh, Robin Lopez had been banged up. Matthews is always banged up because of the way he plays. Um, Middleton and Bledsoe, I mean, they were doing okay, but I'm sure they could have used a break. Budenholzer came out and said the other day, like, this is a complete advantage for our team because now they everybody's feel, healthy. They feel that way. Right. And and that's good. Um, I'm a little concerned because they were just rolling, man, for most of the year. And now you've taken away home court. And you've taken away a lot of that momentum. I mean, you had, like, George uh, George Hill was leading the NBA in three-point percentage. She was shooting, like, 54% from three. That's insane. That is insane. Like, if you shoot 40%, you're a really, really good shooter. You're shooting 54% from three. Like, is he just going to pick that up again now? Uh, probably not, because he never shot 54% in the first 10 years of his career. He was just having a great year. So that worries me a little bit, but... Is the schedule with the eight games, and I haven't looked, and I probably should have done that today, are these the eight teams or some of them that they were going to wrap up the season with at the time that everything was shut down? Because this looks like a pretty formidable schedule mm-hmm. for at least the first half plus. Yes, some most of them are teams that were, they are all teams that were left out okay. of the schedule, yes. Okay. Um, I actually had tickets to the Toronto game. Oh. Uh, I think it was like April 6th, something oh, like then. that. I didn't get to go to that one, but um, yeah, I mean, you got Boston uh, right out of the gate in their first game on the thirty mm-hmm. first, and then they they basically play every other day. Um, they got the Rockets, uh, Brooklyn, Miami, Dallas, Toronto, Washington, Memphis. I mean, I'm thinking, hopefully, after the third game, the Brooklyn game, they've clinched. I haven't looked at Toronto's schedule; I'm not sure who they play, but you know, if the Bucks go one and two and in in their and they clinch the number one seed. They'll they'll just let everybody rest, I believe. But for the whole rest of the, I mean, not, they, not they, completely. But okay. I'm just saying, Giannis might only play like a quarter. Okay, you know, just to go in and get a run, get a sweat going. But and I wouldn't be surprised if they did sit a game or two. But I don't think they'll sit them all. And the schedule has times, and I know you 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 just have the first one listed here. But I mean, you've got. 12.30 tip-offs, you've got 3.30 tip-offs, you've got 5.30, 7.30, 8 o'clock. They're playing at three different arenas, it looks like, on the complex, and they're going to be playing like three or four games per arena mm-hmm. per day. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I would imagine they'll usher everybody out, completely clean the place as fast as they can, and then get everybody else in to 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 play again. So uh, does, It's going to be kind of cool, I think. You know, to just like on a Tuesday, right? They're like times there's are just five, There's just five NBA games right. on through, like, like, like you said, like staggered one after the other. I mean, that's that's kind of cool for for me, a basketball fan. I could listen to the Bucks. I listen to Ted Davis at three thirty. Mm-hmm. I get home from work, watch the end. There's a game at five thirty, and then like LeBron plays Kawhi at seven thirty. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of cool, right? You know, no, that's that, that's it's almost like an NCAA tournament, right? Feel, exactly you know? for 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 how for how they're stacked up. Does the Nobody has home court here. Basically, does that does that matter? I guess. In in I mean, because everybody is now kind of out of their element. They're in an unfamiliar situation. They're on the campus in this bubble that they're not really sure of. They're getting pampered 
to the nth degree, which we've already been over. But, I mean, does that favor anybody or well, nobody? Well, the normal sports fan in you would say yes, right? I mean, you would always think that if my team can have Game 7 at home or if the Packers can have the NFC Championship game at Lambeau, like, we got the advantage. But, like, the numbers usually, from what I've seen, they don't necessarily stack up that way. Um, like, I don't know that it matters for the Bucks because they were really, they were the best road team. I was just, you said that two weeks ago. So, I don't know that it matters for them. It would have been, like you said, it would have been cooler than shit if they're celebrating a title in the serve. Um, Think of that area around the, this around the arena when if, if oh, that happened, be crazy. That'd be nuts. But even if they even if everything was regular, they could still win the title on the road, right? You know what I mean? Oh, so, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know that there's any team I, like Utah has a ridiculous home court advantage because their fans are nuts. Denver has a home court advantage because of the altitude. I think the Lakers have a small home home court advantage just because the Staples Center is kind of like the spot. But other than that, I don't, I don't, I don't see like the Rockets having a distinct advantage over anybody because you're playing in Houston. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, well, they got Harden and Westbrook. That's their advantage. It's not necessarily where they're playing. So, so this kind of levels the playing I field think so. to, a, to a degree. I think so. Like, I think if you're a Clipper fan, I would love it because if you play the Lakers in the conference finals in LA, and you're the home team, the Clippers, three quarters of the stands is going to be Laker fans. So now that's completely taken out of the equation. That that's a benefit for them. So I don't know. Um, it's been funny. The two funny things about the NBA coming back to me are number one, how badly the NBA and the media are just drooling for a Zion LeBron first round series. Like just change my pants every hour, <laughs> dreaming of this. And like I just don't understand. I mean, I get it, but. John Morant and and the Grizzlies have had the better season. They've been really good all year. I hope that they make it. Um, but that's one thing. And then the other thing is, when it comes to the Bucks, the amount of people that have basically just said, "Ah, the Bucks aren't going to win the East now. Uh, it's Boston's going to win it," or "Ah, Philadelphia is the team to beat now." This this whole thing, this this shortened thing, is advantage Philadelphia. It's like, why are these teams that we saw for like four months? That were mediocre or slightly better. better. Like, they just figured it out. Like, what? Just sitting around Skyping with each other, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. (laughs) They just figured it out. But, I mean, we talked about this during the regular season. After every loss or every comment that was maybe a little bit sideways, all the national media that that's not located in and around the Midwest jumped on the fact that the Bucks are not as good as people think they are. Yeah. They're it's, they're not as good as their record reflects. So this is just another continuation of that. Now that we're getting back to play, well, as, as far, far as I see, it, it. yeah. As far as the national media is concerned, there's four teams in the NBA. There's the Lakers and the Clippers, and there's the Celtics. Actually, I should say five teams: the Celtics, the Knicks, and the Sixers. And that pretty much tells you is that's where most of these people come from that are in the media. There's, I mean, think of all the Boston media people that are that work nationally. All they ever talk about is the goddamn Red Sox and the Patriots and the Celtics. That's it. <laughs> it drives you nuts. But they act like all these other, you know, these other cities and other teams, like they're not worthy of being talked about. It's like Bucks deserve respect. Giannis deserves respect. He's going to win the MVP and the Defensive Player of the Year which has only been done by two other people, Hakeem Olajuwon and Michael Jordan. He's going to be in that class. I mean, you're talking about 
uh, if they win the title this year, he's going to start getting thrown into the conversation for uh, greatest power forward of all time. Um, where does he rank all time? Is he top 25 all-time player already at 25? Um, so this is a this is a huge opportunity for the Bucks to really really make some hay, shut some people up, and uh, it's it'd be scary to play LeBron in the finals. But if the Bucks are going to win the title, I want them to beat LeBron. I I know there's the revenge thing with Kawhi after last year, but I don't care about Kawhi. I would like to see Giannis beat LeBron. Um, for a lot of reasons. Number one, I don't like LeBron. Number two, I very much like Giannis. But the Bucks and the Lakers are an old rivalry, mm-hmm. you know. And there's a lot of history there. Bucks traded Kareem to the Lakers. Um, you know, they they had some battles back in the early '70s with uh, Kareem versus Wilt and Jerry West. So um, that'd be a lot of fun if they ended up there. I, I I would really enjoy that. And the other headline that I just read in the last what 24 hours was the whole 2010. A decision to go down and group together with LeBron and uh, Wade and who was the third guy in that? Uh, Chris uh, Bosh. To go down to the Heat. That was actually a fan's idea? Uh, apparently. Uh, what is that? Uh, I, I had never heard that before until I read it yesterday. Somebody sent in a mailbag question to Bill Simmons and suggested that it should happen. And Simmons talked to people at ESPN. He was telling the story on his podcast today. Like, he told... he. Him and John Skipper, who was the head of ESPN, mm-hmm. and, and and somebody else, they actually had a sit-down meeting with Maverick Carter, who's like LeBron's go-between guy, or I don't know what his official title is. He's a business partner. And they they, they um, propositioned him this idea. And Maverick Carter was like, okay, well, it's interesting. I'll run it by LeBron. And then, like, when LeBron lost to Boston, he, he kind of flamed out famously in the last three games, and they got knocked out of the playoffs. Everybody just kind of assumed that like he wouldn't do something like that, and then it got revisited by different people in ESPN, and you know LeBron's camp stipulated they wanted Jim Gray to be the guy, and he didn't even work for ESPN at the time, and he's and he's an ass. I hate. I can't stand that guy. He's the guy that tried to get in an argument with Pete Rose. Remember that? Mm-hmm. He's a dick. Um, but it was interesting telling the story and. Like, remember the visceral reaction yes. that people had? Like, people fucking hated that. Yes. Oh, it was horrible. That would be so celebrated today. Probably. <laughs> Every single person under 30 would celebrate that and think it's just the coolest thing in the world. But 10 years ago, he got killed for that. And rightfully so. But I mean, not- he, he he stepped on Cleveland something fierce that night mm-hmm. when he did that. And... and you know, Simmons talked about it like the LeBron and his camp were like shocked by the backlash. Like they did not think that that was coming, that he was going to be looked at as a villain because they're like, well, yeah, but we're raising money for the Boys and Girls Club. But people are like, yeah, that, that's, that's great. You can give secondary. money to them. You can give them money anytime. Yes. You use them as a prop. Mm-hmm. Like what, what you just did to the city of Cleveland and all them fans. Ooh. That's bad. That's where they're burning his jersey, and then Dan Gilbert wrote that famous yep, the whole, email. And, yep, that's right. Yeah, that was, a, that was a crazy time, man. He made up for it to a degree going back and getting a title and then just saying, okay. He came back and did the Sports Illustrated did. article where he said he had, a, he had a destiny, and his destiny was to win a title in Cleveland and finish his career there, and then he left again. Did my job, and by the way, it looks cool in L.A. I'm going to go over that. But 2010 was kind of a, a demarcation line in, in the NBA. It was kind of the... You know, stars didn't really do that. 
especially when you're the best player in the league, um, and you're and you're supposed to be the next great, great, great player to just bolt like that. Um, you know, everybody likes to to throw back to Kareem, but that was a completely different situation. I mean, Kareem was a Muslim, had just converted to Islam, living in Milwaukee in a completely different time than we live now. And California was just a much more forgiving place for that. And, and he had gone to college there. So there was a lot of different stipulations. But when LeBron left Cleveland, like, we had never really seen that before. And... um it's it kind of it's really changed the league. I mean, you see what Kevin Durant did a couple years well, ago, and, and I was just gonna bring you up. know, it's like when you're when you're the best guy, your job is to bring everybody with you, not to go join up, and right. and that kind of changed the narrative for these players and this new generation coming in. They they they're kind of used to buddying up because we see them do it on the AAU circuit now all the time. So, <laughs> um, I, I I think that that's going to be a big part of LeBron's legacy is. Oh, the fact absolutely. that I mean the fact that he's basically just a basketball mercenary. Wanna That's go, the way I look wants at him. To go win titles, doesn't care who you piss off or nope. anything like that. I'm going to do what's best for me. Alienate. That's right. All right. Um, just a couple of NFL notes. We already mentioned the fact that they are going business as usual, um, but they've kind of done that right from the get go. Um, they're starting to prepare for no fans. Lesser fans, they. it sounds like the deal's already done pretty much where they're going to tarp off the first five to eight rows or so. Okay, I hadn't heard that until you said that earlier. In the stadium because, well, of course, the, the, the Packers media jumped all over it by saying, well, now they're not going to get to do the Lambo leap. Oh, no. If there's no fans in the stands, where are you leaping to? Yeah. You're going to crash into the bleachers in the first row. Yeah. You're not leaping anyway. No. So that that really doesn't matter, but they're they're going to try and recoup and it's not going to get anywhere near um what what they're going to be losing or what they have lost um once the season gets going, they're going to try and recoup some advertising dollars by putting ads in the form of tarps over the first Five to eight rows in in stadiums. You you played football in high school. Do you think would it be a big difference to play a football game with no fans? There was only probably a handful of times that I even noticed the noise from the stands. Because, like, I would think everybody I think believes football would be super weird without fans. I don't think it would be at all on TV because they could pipe in background noise. If if they allow that, yeah, for they sure. could totally. Pipe, I mean, I think they do it half the time now. In, in, I think in, half these stadiums do it. I mean, Minnesota famously for had, sure. had done it back in the back in the Metro but Dome, like, but. I don't know. I mean, it, it, wouldn't it just be kind of like a a practice that counted? Pretty much, you know, like it, you'd you'd still be as intense. I mean, you you'd ask, still get as excited on big plays and big hits. You ask players right now, and I think for the most part, they say it's great having an electric stadium, whatever. Sure, if you of course. Ask, if you ask them in the moment, though, what's the fan reaction? You know, what do you think of that? I bet more than half of them would say like, I wasn't even noticing that because I'm too focused on what I'm doing out in the field. Yeah, I don't think play to play you do. I think you notice before when you're out there right. and you're standing there for the anthem or you're looking around and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and, and maybe, maybe if you score a touchdown. Sure. But yeah. Yeah. Play, stuff play like to that. play. I'm. I'm just. I'm just mm-hmm. not sure. And especially, I don't know if they're going to have music. I don't know if they're going to have crowd noise, like you said. I don't know any of that. Um, I don't know how they're going to get a game day experience with an empty stadium. I just don't know. Some states may have fans. It doesn't sound like there's going to be a uniform, 
you know, well, everybody's going to have some or everybody's going to have none. It sounds like it's going to be up to whatever rules are in place for any particular place that they play. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether that's cool or not, whether that's dangerous or not. I don't, I don't know, but I think part of the tarping and those ads are to create, from what I read, a little bit more of a barrier if there happen to be fans from the fans to the sidelines. And that makes a ton of sense. And, I mean, anybody complaining about the Lambo leap, it's like, why do you why do you want the contact? Right. I mean, isn't that what we're avoiding? Pretty so, much, yes. That's kind of so, stupid. So if you want football, you'll live with this. For sure. Um, the big story in the last 24 hours is Cam Newton siding with the Patriots. I What did I read? Was it from Andrew Brandt or somebody? The Patriots are now the only team to lose an NFL MVP and pick up an NFL MVP for a brand-new quarterback situation. I don't know how there's any way that if Cam Newton is healthy, he doesn't win the starting football job over Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham. Oh, I agree. I mean, I, that's, I that is agree. a complete win-win healthy. situation. If right, he's healthy. healthy. Yeah. Um, and $8 million, I, I mean, it's not 30 that Dak Prescott's getting, but Newton's, I mean, that's... That's what's out there right now I, for somebody like him. Sorry. I feel like the reaction to his signing has been absolutely hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. I because mean, he, he deserved better. Well, the amount of people that think that he should have got this monster contract has been laughable. Why? I mean, I saw Richard Sherman was specifically was complaining about it on Twitter. It, but it's one of those things where a player, player X, let's just say Sherman, goes to Kirk Cousins and says, that guy may say $4 million guaranteed over three years. Cam Newton's better than him. Cam Newton's been an MVP. Cam Newton led a team to the Super Bowl. Well, that's fine. But I think everybody would agree that the $84 million guaranteed for Kirk Cousins was a mistake. So what you're asking Team X to do is to make a mistake by signing Cam Newton because the Vikings made a mistake in signing Kirk Cousins. That's not how business works. And just because it's the right thing to do. That's not how business works. No. Because you still got to have an owner that says, yeah, you're right, that market value is whatever, where it's like if I'm an owner, it's like if he's demanding that much money, I don't have to pay him. I went back and looked today because I was curious. The last four years since they made the Super Bowl, that was five years ago, so the last four seasons – Cam has played in 47 of 64 games, so he's missed basically an entire season. Mm-hmm. He's 23 and 23. Pretty, he's got like a yeah. 64 to 45 touchdown-interception ratio, 58-59% completion. Um, that ain't great. That ain't terrible. That ain't out of the league bad by any stretch of the imagination. But it ain't multi-year, double-digit, guaranteed money performance especially when you factor in the injury history and the kinds of injuries he's had he had the uh, shoulder injury which he played with for way too long and and he had to get that fixed i believe last year he's had the the ankle Ankle. problems and he has basically been a fullback playing running back and has just taken a ton of pounding and you know we see it with big running backs that play that way um they don't last that long and i I personally agree with you. I think he should and will win that starting job. I think the Patriots should and will contend for the AFC East title next year. Are they a Super Bowl contender? I don't think so. I mean, it it depends on how well Newton plays. Um, But if that team went 10-6, and lost in the wild card to Denver, and Cam goes into free agency next year as a 32-year-old, 
I see no reason why anybody wouldn't give him a three- or a four-year deal mm-hmm. if he plays well and he's healthy. But when you miss 14 games last year and you're a 500 quarterback, and you can tell me, well, he didn't have anybody to throw to, and blah, blah, blah. who the hell is Brady throwing to? You know, who the hell's Rodgers been throwing to other than Devontae Adams the last five years? Right. So that that's a poor excuse. I I read some stuff from guys who are pro football focused nerds and who break down tape, and I'm not a a guy who's knowledgeable about well so and so fits better into this system because of what they do. But from what I did read is that now Cam Newton is going to be asked to go into a system that has been set up by Brady and Belichick that focuses on low, tight, accurate throws. And that is not the type of passer that Cam Newton is. So this may very well not work and blow up. Or Belichick is just going to have to completely reinvent the stuff. And and McDaniel's going to have to reinvent the stuff that they need their quarterback to do. And I think they will because that's why they're the best at what they do. They adapt. But the whole contract thing, I think you bring up a good point. I think we brought it up a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Kaepernick, is that you've got NFL teams. Most of them are in a pretty, not good spot, but a pretty set spot with what they want to do. They already have an established starter. They have an up-and-coming guy that they're just letting get his feet wet. Or they have a young guy that they want to hand the reins off to, and they don't want to mess up that, you know, that that process the future exactly yeah. so why would you go and sign a guy and throw a bunch of money to cam newton to come in and upset the apple cart this right. is a perfect opportunity for him to land or even if you wanted to throw kaepernick's name in fine it was a perfect place for him to land because the patriots quarterback situation after brady left is a dumpster fire for sure and and i don't think that organization i don't think they wanted to tank no. I, don't, I, I don't think Bill Belichick is is up for going four and twelve. No, just so uh, you can go it, get a rookie yeah, and then and then I don't think he's down with that. Lean him for the next two or three I, I years. I think I think his goal is to be able to obviously win, but at least make a Super Bowl without Brady. Keep and you're winning. not you're not doing that in the next two years, most likely with Jared Stidham or Brian Hoyer or Brian Hoyer. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. I mean, like you know, we we kind of went around and looked at some of the teams, and you know, like I, the Chargers were a team that was always yep. thrown up, and it's like, yeah, but they drafted a kid seventh or eighth or whatever they drafted uh, Herbert, and now you're and they saying, got Go and, they, well, and they bring in Tyrod Taylor because what Tyrod Taylor has been really throughout his whole career, he was that in Buffalo with Josh Allen, he's the placeholder. When the high draft pick is ready, they will sit Taylor because they know Taylor will be a good soldier and a good teammate and not upset the apple cart. You cannot bring Cam Newton in for eight games, and you're 4-4, four and four, and the fans are screaming for the kid, and you bench Cam Newton, that is not going to work. And I even heard somebody, I think it was that Emmanuel Acho guy I heard today on, on Fox Sports said the same thing about Kaepernick. He doesn't believe Kaepernick will be on a team this year because you cannot bring him in and cut him. Right. Oh my God! You cannot bring the, him in. The and backlash cut him. would be horrible. So if you bring him in, he's he is on your team. You cannot cut him. At worst, he's your backup. Yep. Because even if he, even if he's terrible, if his skills have completely eroded and he's no good and he doesn't even want to put forth any effort because he just wants to be in the league for other purposes, you can't cut him because you and your owner and your general manager, your whole organization will be torn up. It's no win, and it puts these teams in a tough position and. I think New England really was the only place for Cam to end up. I think it's going to work out for him if he can stay healthy. Um, 
Somebody and I think everybody in the AFC East is going, oh, fuck. <laughs> right. We just got rid of the Patriots pretty much. Come on. Now they got to come back with like this guy? Like, if you're Sam Darnold, you're like, really? <laughs> because if anybody can get the most out of Cam, it's Belichick. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's no question. I mean, you had Tua. If there's anything, if there's anything to ring out yeah. of that turnip, he's going to get it. You got Tua in Miami. You got Darnold there. I don't even know who is it. Josh like, Allen. Allen yeah, and he, well, he's probably the one that's going, man, we were going to win the division. Right. And now you've you've got all these young quarterbacks that are like, okay, we got we got a fair shot at this. And if you're Cam, you got to be looking around, going, this no is Drew, it? no Drew Brees, <laughs> right? No Matt Ryan. I like this, right? That's right. I like this. So we'll see how that goes. So business as usual uh, in the NFL, um, college football. I'm reading a lot of different stuff from a lot of different people. As they say that seems to be the one sport when you look at the whole thing that's going to start here within the next couple of months that might really be in danger Yeah, because you've got not just players on campus, but you've got an overall student body and a lot of, I mean, universities are not tied to each other for what they have to do. They can operate independently and decide what they want is best for their own school, and they don't really give a shit what's happening to somebody in their conference that's a couple hundred miles away. And and that and they don't have to. That's not their right. So all of a sudden, let's say you get a bunch of breakouts on campus and you got to shut a couple of schools down. Well, now you've got half the Big Ten conference shut down. How are you going to tell the rest of them? We'll just we'll just keep playing. It, that's not going to work. So you're really kind of dependent on everybody else to be there or nobody's going to be there. So I'll be really curious. I mean, you've got athletic departments, and I had this conversation today. Not all of them are self-sustaining like at Wisconsin a lot out of these colleges. Some rely on football money to prop up their academics a little bit. And if you don't have that, that's why you've seen some of these other small colleges. They've already started cutting sports. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, for everybody that is hoping and wishing and praying and talking about college football not coming back and gonna, that are going to be mad if it does, well, if it doesn't, then you have to be prepared for a lot of these uh, smaller uh, revenue or non-revenue sports to go away. To go away. Yeah. I mean, we, we've joked about it in the past. I mean, this has all but killed any hope of ever having a baseball team in Madison. For sure. There's just no way. Yep. So, Pat Forty came out with something today which kind of mirrors the whole baseball thing. And I don't think he meant to take it seriously. He just said, hey, if you want to try this and minimize travel, let's for a year or two regroup everybody in college to keep it um, geographically you know, proximate to everybody else so that we don't have to travel across the country. And here's the conference. And he just basically threw a bunch of people and created a couple of different conferences. And I was just, I haven't looked real hard um, at these, but I mean, you've got the deep South, you've got uh, the great mid East, the great Midwest, the mid American, the mid Atlantic, the PAC 12, the Rocky mountain Southwest sunbelt, and then the Yankee conference. But you've got all these ACC, big East, big 10 schools all mixed together because they're all close together. And I get what he's doing. I mean, it's novel. I get it. It's not going to happen. It's, yeah, it's not. No, I mean, well, you mean go back to the way conferences were supposed to be? Right. Where it's geographically right. 
feasible. Instead, you've got somebody like TCU that was in the Mountain West. I just remember Jim Beheim, uh the basketball coach at Syracuse, when Syracuse moved from the Big East to the uh, ACC. He said, we went from playing Rutgers in St. John's to having to fly to Miami. What sense does that make? Upstate New York and Miami in the same division. Same conference. No, man, I mean, we, you and I were texting about this a little bit earlier, and I mean, it's yeah, it's kind of a novel concept, but, you know, you know how to get this to be a little more geographic. Don't have a Big Ten team in New York and one in Pennsylvania right. and one in Nebraska. That's right. Just keep it in the Midwest where it's supposed to be. Well, and it's funny because he's got this deep South Conference, which is, and all, and all these conferences are made up of 12 teams. He's got nine teams in Florida. Yeah. They could make their own conference, right. basically. Right. You've got Central Florida, FAU, FIU, Florida, Florida State, Miami, South Florida as well. It's like, okay, well, you've got, and then you throw in Georgia, Georgia Tech, uh, Georgia Southern. I don't know who the blue cougar is looking thing is. And then University of Alabirmingham, that's, that's the play, that's what it looks like to me. But it's like, okay, I mean, that's novel, but. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be very good football. No. At, least, at least not in the short term. I mean, you would have to. Terrible. You would have to hope that Alabama could help bring some of these schools along, but that's usually not how it works. No. The, the dominators dominate, and yes. the losers get stomped. I mean, they, they haven't seen Vanderbilt in the uh, Sugar Bowl lately, have you? <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, and that's the thing. Now you've got some of the. I mean, think of how somebody like Ball State would. would okay, how are, like, how are they going to play Ohio State every year? They're in the great yeah, Mideast I mean, Conference. They've got Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, Indiana, Cincinnati, Purdue. Yeah, you got no shot. I'm really, you, you might as well just fold up shop and right. go home at that point. I mean, that's why these teams yeah. schedule non-conference games. So either, you know, you're if, if you're in Ohio State, you can beat the shit out of somebody and give some good warm-up and get some good time and get your players out by half or third quarter. And if you're somebody else, you can collect a big check on your way out of town while you lick your wounds. Yeah. That's why those matchups exist. That's why they're not in the same conference. That's not, you know, and, yeah. the, and, and that's, that's why this is completely absurd. I just thought it was cool to, like, imagine some of these matchups. But then again, you know, you're looking at you're halfway into the college football season and you're going deep in, and let's say in week eight, you've got Oklahoma against North Texas or Rice as a conference game. Mm-hmm. Really? That's going to attract a lot of people. I know, but, like, does Oklahoma, Kansas? Probably not. You know? Probably not. Well, this is why, as in the words of Bill Simmons, you need a sports czar. Right. And he's nominated himself. I would like to nominate myself (laughs) as the sports czar. Because I would just, if I were the NCAA, I would cap the leagues at a certain number. Like, you can't be, you can't have four teams in the league and be called the Big Ten. You have ten teams. Okay, well, and it's going to be a Midwest conference, yeah. and all ten of those teams are going to be in an area where, Certain if radius, we had to, they right. could ride a bus. Sure. Yeah. So no let, reason let, to fly no. from Madison to Evanston. No, no. There's no reason to fly from Madison to wherever the hell Rutgers plays because they're not a Midwest school. Get them out. Get Penn State out. They're in the Big East or whatever you want it to right. be. That would be the most logical way to do it. And, I, I mean, with TV now and all these conferences having their own networks, like, what the hell difference does it make? 
They they want the exposure for Big Ten, and that's what Delaney said when they added Rutgers and Maryland. They want that northeast corner. They want that exposure, and for some reason that brings in way more money because you know you get you get the little bit of New York in there but and, somebody, and stuff like that. But somebody misled him. Because nobody gives a shit about football in the northwest or northeast part of this country. They don't really? care. Not really. They don't give a shit in Maine, New Hampshire, New York, Massachusetts. They don't fucking care. They're, that's basketball area up there. You know? I mean. So I don't know. I, it drives me crazy. I, I hate the way these conferences are as they sit. I don't know who the hell is in half of them. No. No. And and, and, they, and honestly, I mean, I love, I love the fact that you have – the independent Notre Dame, and I know this might be an unpopular opinion. I just want them to join a conference for 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 football. Go, just go to a conference and stay there. I, this this whole well, we want to be separate from everybody else. Why? Why? Why do you need to remain and have your independence? I, I wonder if if they had joined the Big Ten years ago because I think they were the mm-hmm. they were supposed to join instead of Penn State, Correct. if I remember yes. correctly. They play Michigan every year. They play Michigan State every year, I believe. But then you've got Stanford. Well, but you could They've have got you could that. still got Navy. You could still have your non conference games. You I just know. might have to play a tougher schedule. That's probably what they don't want. You know, you want to play you want to keep playing Pitt every year? Who's stopping you? Right. You want to play Navy? Great. You are just gonna have to figure USC? out how you can rotate them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you know you just can't put them all on your schedule at the same time. But I, yeah, I I'm with you. I think it's kind of silly that like they're an ACC basketball team, but they're an independent football team. And they're a Big like, Ten hockey team. Yeah, it's like, it's so what? stupid. What are, you, what are you talking about? That's that Notre Dame arrogance. They think they can do whatever the hell they want. Um, that happens when you have your own network, basically, well, NBC. You're right. That's true. That's, that's very true. Um, things are continually getting weirder at Iowa. Yeah, this th- is weird. This will be the last thing that, 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 that we touch on. I know the strength and conditioning coach for the football team, he's already moved on, and I think his kid has already entered the transfer portal. He's leaving because there's been a lot of allegations by former players, and you had brought up uh, one to me that was just happened in the last day or two. Uh, a running back that neither of us had heard of said it was a living nightmare to play at Iowa under both Ferentz his kid, the strength and conditioning coach as well, because they just created such a racist and toxic atmosphere for him to be in. And But you and I were talking about this briefly before we started recording. It's like, if you have this sort of climate at, at your college, why aren't you immediately blowing the whistle and then saying, I got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. This is horrible. And then you can leave, you know, the the fire tracks on the way out while pointing the finger like, you guys got to check this out. Right. This is why I'm leaving. That would almost give the story more credibility, I think, because I think this kid graduated in 2017. I think that's right. 2014, 2017. Um, I don't know. It kind of seems like maybe sour grapes. We've never heard of him. But but this is the way that these things always happen. You get one or two people to come out with allegations, and then everybody else comes, and and, and the floodgates. And open. it's kind of the time to do that right now. This is an African American kid accusing three white coaches in Iowa. Um, I'm not saying it's not true. Right. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just, you know, um, I always ask myself that question: Why do you stay? Why don't you transfer? Is it, and I would just if you told me why you stayed as part of your story, I'd have a lot more respect for you and the story. 
You know, if, if this kid came out and said, listen, I stayed at Iowa because it was the only place I could get a free scholarship and get this kind of an education. I just sucked it up and stayed. I respect that. If if you stayed because you had a girlfriend or you stayed because of your roommate or like that's not I don't that that doesn't hold any water for me. I mean, right. you if, and I have had discussions about some things that I didn't necessarily liked in my college experience. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to leave. I chose to stay. So whatever regret or whatever you have later on, that's on you because right. you made the choice to stay. Um, but it is very weird where there's usually with this stuff. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm-hmm. Um, Ference to me, and I, I don't know this. This is just my personal impression of him. He doesn't seem like a day-to-day guy as a coach. He seems like an overseer. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's always the famous thing. I think Dion said it. Like, Bobby Bowden never coached him. His his position coach right. coached him. Bobby Bowden just, just rode around, on the rode around in a golf cart and went right. station to station. That's right. He was like the CEO yeah. of the company. Mm-hmm. I kind of think Ference might be that way. So, to hold him, I mean, the, you know, the buck stops with him because he's the leader. Yep. But, you know, his allegedly his kid made a racist comment to this kid about robbing a liquor store. Like, well... You can't do that, man. And like that's yep. your kid. And yep. if you got to fire your kid to save your job, are you willing to do that? Right. Are you both going to go? Or are down you both going to go down? Are you going to go down with him, yeah. or are you just going to be? Are you going to be the dad that just totally protects him? I mean, it's an interesting spot. I mean, I was one of those programs that, like, every five years they're good. Yep. Go to a Rose Bowl yeah. or contend for a yeah. championship. And for some reason, and you said it today, is is Ferentz finally going to be on the hot seat. Like, remember that guy was like a super hot NFL coaching candidate for a number of years, and he never went. But Iowa never went anywhere really with him either. Nope. And they've just been kind of, and you can always count on them doing their thing that they do every year. They'll make a semi-decent bowl. Yeah. They'll give the Badgers a tough game. They'll beat somebody that, they'll beat a Michigan or or a Wisconsin or an Ohio State that they shouldn't. But yeah, they're eight and four, right? You know, but but then in a big game, maybe they'll crap their pants. Yeah, kind of like Minnesota last year, right? Like they're just they're that's they're not ready for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, it's it's weird. I hate to see um, the kid, any kid that would have to go through that. Um, but if you have the opportunity to remove yourself from the situation, right? I think you you kind of owe it to yourself too. Yeah, um, just for I mean, mental health. I couldn't imagine like what's going to be said today. Who's going to say what? You know, how am I going to be treated? I, I I remember one time my coach changed practice and didn't tell me and one of my teammates and didn't didn't even that. tell us. I remember that. We just happened to show up at the gym, and they were just starting practice and claimed they didn't have our phone numbers. We're like, we've been here for five years. You don't have our phone yeah, numbers. I'm like, my, my cell phone's been the same since I was in high school. I can what, find what you, you in the directory. What are you talking about? <laughs> I can talk about these things. It was 20 years ago. I, know, I don't that's, care. That's fine. That's, that's, that's all right. Yeah. All right. Well, we had just enough to to make it to an hour. You got a good quote out of me, too. I oh, say. this is yeah. great. That's going to be the title. I like tell, it. Tell Batman that one tomorrow. <laughs> yes, I will do that. Okay. Well, we. I don't. I mean, 
I guess we'll play it by ear. If, yeah. there, if there's stuff that happens within a week that we can talk about, we'll be back next week. If we're not, just, we're just trying to have some fun with this, man. We're, right, and we're trying our best. And there hasn't been a lot of fun to be had. Now, to be this honest. one was pretty fun. Finally, no, though, no, I like it. Some it's positive things yes, to talk about. There's, things to look forward. It's to. on the horizon. Yes, it is. So just get through the Fourth of July. Yep. And then I think it's all downhill from there, and you're just going to have to tune out all the if ands and buts and what might be's of the negative, and just yep. say. This is the way it is. Woodruff started on opening day. Are we sure about that? I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm pretty sure. All right. That is the intentional fall for this week. Uh, next week or two weeks, we will talk to you then. I am Josh. I'm Dan. Thank you for listening and downloading, subscribing, and we will talk to you next time. Go sports. Sports.